are time for another edition of Jonesing for Football, and it is week number three of this National Football League season. Young Cody Winstead in Philadelphia shaking his head because it is unbelievable. We're already to week number three. I'm Bill Jones here in Dallas, and oh my, we are leading up to a week six showdown between the resurgent Dallas Cowboys and those Philadelphia Eagles who sit atop the NFC's Eastern Division after a resounding Monday night victory over the Minnesota Vikings, which, young Cody, you were a witness to. That is right. Bill Jones went to the Eagles and Vikings game on Monday night. It was rowdy in Lincoln Financial Field there. I've been to a handful of games, but... It got pretty loud, and the celebrities were on hand, and they were rocking, and Jalen Hurts was rocking. Ooh, I like how those Eagles look so far, Bill Jones. <laughs> I'm surprised you even have a voice left after rocking uh, on uh, Monday night. And you know what? We've got your Monday nights covered because I will be at the Cowboys-Giants game this coming Monday night. And uh, so Monday night is yours here on Jonesing for football as it will be uh, the Cowboys taking on a Giants team that is tied with the Eagles for first place in the NFC East at 2-0. Who would have thought, Bill Jones, once Dak got hurt, I would have been like, well, those are two teams that I'm not really sure how uh, how the ratings are going to be on that game right there. But come to find out, Cowboys playing a little better after beating the Bengals. And like you mentioned, the Giants, potentially the surprise team of the league uh, to this point. All right, we've got a lot to get to. One, one uh, fantasy football uh, story I need to tell you about. Uh, Sunday morning, okay, in on one of my teams, I was not there for the draft, and so my quarterback I was given was Trey Lance. Mm. Okay? And so – he, I can't remember. I didn't play him the first week, and I can't remember who I replaced him with, whatever. But I noticed on Sunday morning that somehow in my 12-team league, a quarterback that has the initials TT was available. You know who I might be referring to? Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Your man, Tua. Tua. Available. Tua was available who somehow, someway. Who are you in this league with, Bill Jones? A bunch of dope. <laughs> the, story, the, the story gets better. <laughs> All right. So I pick up Tua, okay? And so then I do my Cowboys pregame show at CBS 11 here in Dallas. I'm driving home. It's getting close to kickoff. And I'm thinking, wait a second. Tua is playing against the Ravens defense, and I just don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> so what do I do? You play drop... Trey Lance. No, no, no. That would have been better. No, I don't know if it's better or not. Baker Mayfield is available. Oh, <laughs> no. You Baker has taken on the Giants. I can't believe I'm even admitting this. I'm not even a big Baker Mayfield fan. And I said, I'm going to shock the world and I'm going to go with Baker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, and it didn't, it went, it was going okay there for about three quarters, you know, it, you know, but I didn't expect Baker to score a lot. I just didn't want zero. And he wound up with like 16 points and then Tua goes off. 
Yeah, exactly. Four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That would have, and I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing you lost, right? Actually, won the game. Actually, won the game, so it didn't matter. Oh, it, okay, it, okay, yeah. It, so it actually, didn't matter. I actually played against Tua and Jalen Waddle. Tua had 52 points in my league. Jalen Waddle had 47. Guess what? I lost. I actually had a good week. And uh, smoked. So now. I'm in line with 11 others to try to pick up Tua off a waiver wire. <laughs> oh my, no way. I mean, so I'm not, I didn't just bench him. I dropped him. Oh, what are you doing? What <laughs> yeah. You anyway, doing? let's get to week three of this season. And you want to start with your favorite game of the week? What do you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with our favorite game. Can I give you mine, Bill Jones? Sure. Go for it. It's a potential playoff preview. 2-0 Bills versus 2-0 Dolphins and your boy Tua. No, no, no. It's not It's not 2-0 Dolphins. It's 2-0 Tua. 2-0 Tua. I like that. It's an elite quarterback matchup, Bill Jones. Josh Allen versus Tua Tungavailoa. I know you like that, but seriously, you know I've been high on Tua Tungavailoa since he was drafted in 2020. It's nice to finally see some growth some development, and this is what I've always said about Tua. He's going to execute the offensive game plan, and now you're seeing the difference between what Mike McDaniel has in his scheme compared to what Brian Flores and his system was, and Tua had to deal with that for the first couple of years. Tua's pushing the ball down the field, which he should be, obviously, because he's got super talented uh, skill players on the outside. He's got the speed of Tyreek, the speed of Jalen Waddell. And this was the Dolphins' plan, Bill Jones. Hire an offensive head coach, put a ton of weapons around Tua, and then let the quarterback play point guard. And it's working to perfection so far. But there's no doubt this will be his toughest test taking on the Bills. Their defense destroyed the Rams in week one. They demolished the Titans in week two. And they've allowed the second fewest yards and points this season. And one more thing about the Dolphins. Look out if Miami wins this game, because listen to their next eight games after the Bills. They go to the Bengals. We know they're struggling. You know that firsthand being down there in Dallas. Then they go to the Jets. Then they play the Vikings. We saw them on Monday night. Steelers, Lions. That's actually their toughest game of this group, Bill Jones. You know what I'm saying? Um, then they got the Bears, <laughs> Browns, and Texans. So the Dolphins could be eight and three or nine and two coming up uh, ahead. And it's a good time to be a Finns fan. Meanwhile, the Bills, they look unstoppable as we saw them on Monday night. They've outscored their two opponents, two playoff teams, mind you, one being the Super Bowl champion, 72 to 17. So I cannot wait to watch the Bills and Dolphins go toe-to-toe on Sunday. Okay, I do not want to dampen your spirits there at all. That's a great choice. On paper, it looks like a great choice. The key to victory and the key to a Tua performance, six-touchdown performance like he had against the Ravens, he needs to fall behind 35-14. to 14. And he's just he's got the opponent. In fact, it might be worse than that. And, but if you look at his first game against New England, it was just – and this is why someone might drop him from their fantasy team because mm-hmm. he only had one touchdown pass against uh, the New England Patriots. And, mind you, 
you might take into consideration what the Ravens had going on in their secondary. As Marcus Peters was back, but he was coming off an ACL injury and clearly is not the same Marcus Peters he has been in the past. They were actually playing Daryl Worley in their secondary. And we saw Daryl Worley here in Dallas last year, They or it was the year before, and they cut him in the middle of the season. I can't believe he's still in the league. Still, but in general, I, the Ravens have a pretty good defense. Now, I have no idea how they let Tyreek Hill get behind them multiple times in the fourth quarter there, um, and uh, Tua made them pay. But I'm on the Tua train, and whether it's – it won't be six touchdowns, we know that, but it's going to be two here, three there, and that's the best thing about the Dolphins is you put it in one of those guys' hands, and they can score from anywhere on the field, Tyreek and Waddle. They've got a lot of weapons there. That's what I like about the Dolphins as much as anything, and it, it benefits Tua is those guys that they have who can get yards after the catch. And the, they're stable of running backs too, including Chase Edmonds, uh, who uh, can do some things uh, in the passing game as well. All right, uh, the obvious favorite game of the week is this one, right? I mean, yeah, you can talk Buffalo-Miami all you want to, but Green Bay, Tampa Bay is the favorite game of the week, right? I mean, it's also it's also got to be the matchup of the week. But we'll take it. I'll take it as the, my favorite game of the week. I didn't even realize they were playing each other until the end of the Green Bay game, and they asked Aaron Rodgers, "Okay, you're going to Tampa." Well, there's my favorite game of the week right there. And Aaron quickly recalled his last visit there, which was not last season, but the year before which was the Super Bowl season for Tampa Bay. And in, I went back and looked at that game, and Green Bay actually got ahead of Tampa Bay 10-0 to start that game. And then Tom Brady and the Bucks went off for 28 points to the second quarter. It was 28-10 to at halftime. And at the end of the third quarter, it was 38-10. to And that was the final score. Rodgers threw two picks. Uh, Jamel Dean had a pick six for Tampa Bay in that game. Mark Edwards who had a pick six for Tampa Bay against New Orleans on Sunday, also had an interception in that game, and Brady threw a couple of touchdown passes. And get this, and this might be the key when you look at Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, even though the names have changed in the last couple of years. Still, it's the same coordinator and now the head coach for the Bucks, and they're playing great defense right now, uh, as evidenced by what they did against New Orleans and Dallas the first week. Aaron Jones, uh, two years ago at Tampa Bay, at, and coming off a 100-yard game, mind you, uh, this past week, Aaron Jones in that game had 10 carries for 15 yards. And there was a Jones for Tampa Bay who had 113 yards on 27 carries and two touchdowns against the Packers in that game. Ronald and that Jones. would be Ronald Jones. So anyway, I think it's a great matchup. And, uh, and especially when you look at um, – and it would be it would be a better matchup if all the receivers were healthy and active for the game. Mike Evans obviously uh, was uh, given the suspension after the fighting on Sunday, and uh, and then we know what's going on with the Packers. Uh, and he did get Alan Lazard back this week, but I even I think it's just as intriguing with uncertain receivers uh, that they have to throw to or these two quarterbacks. And what Brady's got going on offensively, obviously they're not. He is showing us why he is Tom Brady and just from a mental standpoint and how he manages the game, uh, even when things are not going well offensively. Yeah, no doubt about it. The fact that 
Chris Godwin missed uh, on Sunday. Julio Jones missed on Sunday. They just signed Cole Beasley to to play for the Bucks, so now he's going to be kind of a a fill in until they get healthy again. But Tom keeps clicking. I was interested in their game against the Saints. I believe they were shut out in the first half, and I was thinking, oh, Saints still have Brady's number. And then the second half, he just do 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 makes it happen, and um, and the Bucks win there against their rival in New Orleans. And benefited from uh, Jameis Winston playing quarterback for the other side. It looked like the Jameis Winston of Tampa Bay, and obviously he's bothered by an injury himself right now. So there's your matchup, uh, or that's your my favorite game of the week, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. It's in the late window on Sunday afternoon on Fox. Good stuff. All right, how about a must-see matchup? I'll give you mine first. It's going to be huge here in Philly, Bill Jones. I haven't turned on the radio yet to, to hear about it. But it's going to be big. It's Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz. Can't wait to see the Commanders host the Eagles. Wentz, Philly's former franchise quarterback against Hurts, the quarterback who took his job. It's Carson's first time playing against the Birds. And you know there's a lot of history between these two sides. In 2016, Philly traded up to number two to draft Wentz. In 2017, he was the MVP front runner before he got hurt in week 14. And of course, the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles that year. 2018, once dealt with injuries. 2019, he had a bounce back season. 2020, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Wentz ended up leading the league in picks. And then Wentz got moved in the next offseason. But through two weeks this year with Washington, Carson Wentz has put up some pretty good numbers. Second most passing yards in the league. He's tied with Tua for the most touchdown passes, but he does have three picks as well. And that's kind of Carson's mantra, right? He plays really well in a lot of games, but the giveaways and the bad decisions end up crushing his team. That's happened with the Eagles. It happened with the Colts as well. And we have to touch on the Eagles' current starting quarterback. Don't we, Bill Jones? I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Are you ready to apologize to Jalen Hurts? Because you've doubted him. Are you ready to apologize? I, uh, uh, I've i got a question for you. Oh, can't you I answer mean, my question and then I'll answer your question? Okay, I'll answer your question. Uh, I, he's looked fine the first couple of weeks of this season. Here's my big question on Jalen Hurts. Will he lead the league in rushing attempts this season? Of course not. He may be in the top <laughs> 10, but he's not going to lead the league. <laughs> he had 17 carries for 90 yards in week one at Detroit. Okay. And then 11 carries for 57 yards and the win over Minnesota, where in the second half of that game, he didn't have to carry the ball any because they had put the game away already at that point. And so we were talking even before we came on here, okay, that, and everyone's already talking about that looming matchup in week six when the Cowboys go to Philly. I mean, who wouldn't be talking about that? But will he be available for that game even? Can you run your quarterback as much as the Eagles are running Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts is deciding to run and play a 17-game season? Okay, here's what I'll say. Multiple things. One, I'll answer your question because you didn't answer my question. Will he be here and will he be playing week six? The answer is yes. The second question, 
can he run as much as he has? I think the thing with Jalen is he has to be um, choosy, right? He has to make good decisions. 17, probably too much if he was to do that over multiple weeks. But in one week, hey, it can work. The next week is 11. Next week would be eight. You know, if he's trending towards 10, I think that works. The thing for him is it's wildly successful when he does run the ball. It's on third down and scramble situations. The play against the Vikings, which was a zone read that he kept and scored on an incredible run where he was dragging guys to the end zone. So it is working. Um, I will mention Gardner Minshew is the Eagles backup. So they actually do have a decent backup quarterback if something were to happen to Jalen for a few weeks. But I went and looked this morning, Bill Jones, just for you. Guess who has the third best odds to win the MVP of the NFL? <laughs> it's your boy, Jalen Hurts, the third best odds to win the NFL MVP. I love that. And we all know I picked the Eagles to make the Super Bowl. Guess who has the second best odds in the NFC to win the conference? That's right. The Philadelphia Eagles. People are catching uh -huh. up. Um, All right, and it is week two. We're going into week three of this season. And congratulations to the early season odds-on pick to win the MVP, Jalen Hurts, and your future Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. No, they're going to lose right. the Chargers, but they're going to get there. That's what we say. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of the Chargers, here is my matchup of the week I'm looking forward to. Okay? Yep. And it's not something that would jump off the page at you when you look at the schedule. Okay. Jacksonville at the Chargers. You like that game? Uh, I do. After Jacksonville smacked around my Colts. Uh, yes, now I, I'm into that game. Yep. Okay. And you know why I'm, I like the game? Trevor versus Justin Herbert. Yes. That's I good. watched last night. I watched. Uh, the in fast play, I watched the Jacksonville game just to watch Trevor Lawrence. Okay, How was it? and it was a twenty-four nothing win over Indianapolis. We know the Colts are having difficulties right now. Yep, I like Trevor Lawrence, and I, he threw an out route uh, early in the game. I went, whoa, okay, maybe it was because I've been watching too much Cooper Rush. No, I'm not. No, I won't say that about Cooper Rush. But but I was like, whoa. That is a big time arm right there. <laughs> and then watched him. And he, he was 25 out of 30 yep. in that game against Indianapolis for 234 yards. And, you know, he didn't have, because the game was in control the whole time, he didn't have to do that much. And he played within. He stepped up, he moved around the pocket perfectly, avoiding the pass rushes. Uh, one of those incompletions was a drop. On the near sideline, uh, he threw a deep ball that was perfectly placed, almost a touchdown. That was another one of his incompletions. Uh, you know, and then he got Herbert on the other side, coming with with whatever he's gotten on going on with his ribs, and you know he's going to suck it up and play. But I like I like what Jacksonville is doing as far as pressure in the quarterback. Josh Allen had a couple of sacks in that game. They've got a very active front. And we saw in the second half of the Chargers game against the Chiefs, the problems that the, that the Chargers were having on their offensive line. And uh, I don't know. I'm just very intrigued by it. First of all, obviously, I love Justin Herbert. That game on Thursday night football was incredible. And 
I'm still wondering. I know we're going back a week, but Bill Jones, have you ever seen anything like Justin Herbert escaping the pocket? Literally can crawl for a first down, but his ribs are so sore that he just basically drops the ball and is like, forget that. I'm just going to get it on fourth down. Follows it up on the next play with a 40-yard laser, perfect throw, perfection. And I'm like, this dude is out of this world good, uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, Anyway, I'm rooting for Trevor Lawrence on the other side. I actually just looked up his stats from week one because I was curious. I I saw how well he did in week two. Um, It looked like he had kind of a more mediocre game against Washington. But I hope he's good. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for Doug Peterson. And uh, I'm glad that you watched that because that, that's good feedback on Trevor and his performance. And, and in his first game against Washington, he was 24 out of 42 for 275 yards, uh, one pick, one touchdown, and was sacked a couple of times. And that was a 28-22 loss on the road at Washington. So the, yeah. so the Jags are one and one. And I don't know. Uh, no one is picking them. Uh, obviously, they had the worst record in the league last year. No one is picking them uh, to win their division, whatever. But it is a crazy division. They just beat Indianapolis, as they always do, 24 to nothing. We see what Tennessee doesn't have. We know that what Houston doesn't have. So look out for Jacksonville in that division. Now, I think it's going to be tough. People talk about teams traveling, a West Coast team traveling east. Uh, and, a lot, you know, the uh, – Time, time difference and, and so forth. You know, that's a tough road trip going from east to west, too, uh, just because of the long travel. And so the Chargers are going to win that game, I would think. And Chargers have uh, 10 days. They played a Thursday night game. Uh, but I'm just, I just want to throw out there that keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence because yeah. uh, I think they got some good things going on there. Uh, and it's a young offensive line. And so He's going to have to work through some challenges as he goes along this season. But uh, I think they are on the right track in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson as their head coach. Well, we kind of established that Justin Herbert is among the elite quarterbacks in the league. Hey, maybe Trevor Lawrence plays well enough to kind of get into that discussion as well, because he kind of been left behind um, after struggling a little bit here and there throughout the start of his career. But Hey, games like this, if he plays well, you know, he can kind of get into that discussion of those upper echelon quarterbacks. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, I got to put some pressure on Matt Ryan. I mean, pressure is on <laughs> our third category we do every week here on Jonesing for football. Matt Ryan, there is a lot of pressure on him this week going against the Chiefs. Not in a million years, Bill Jones, that I think the Colts would be winless through two weeks. They're Zero one and one. They couldn't beat the Texans and they got shut out by the Jags. Just brutal. The most disappointing team in the league to this point. And it starts with their quarterback, Matt Ryan, who I thought would be a perfect fit in Indy. I picked him to finish third in the MVP voting. Instead, shockingly bad. One touchdown, four picks the first two weeks, including that horrible game against the Jags that we talked about. It was just the second time in his career he's thrown three or more interceptions in a game while also throwing zero touchdowns. I know Matt Ryan didn't have his top two wide receivers on Sunday, Michael Pittman and Alex Pierce, 
but they still have Jonathan Taylor, the league's leading rusher last year, a solid offensive line. And guess who comes to town this weekend? Ho-hum, just the second highest scoring team in the league, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And so Matt Ryan needs some magic this week, or they're going to be 0-3. And according to the numbers, if you're 0-3, you have a 2.6% chance to make the playoffs. 2.6. So uh, Matt Ryan better figure it out and figure it out in a hurry because the Colts really disappointing me so far this season. Oh, you you have led me perfectly into my uh, most pressures on category here. And I actually have two different ones. Okay. Uh, in a different sort of way, pressures on Joe Burrow. And I mean, mm. and I mean the pressure on the quarterback, as in uh, the defensive putting pressure on the quarterback. And Joe Burrow coming off what was a seven sack game in a week number one, and then the Cowboys get to him six times, and Micah Parsons a couple of times in a game we witnessed here in Dallas. And uh, so, thirteen sacks through two weeks of the season, and you know. Uh, Burrow obviously is terrific talent and obviously is already produced at a very high level, taking his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, And obviously Cincinnati revamped their offensive line. They've got four new starters in their offensive line, spent money in free agency. They got Lyle Collins, who was with the Cowboys to play right tackle, Alex Kappa, who was with Tampa Bay at right guard. And they've, they've got a center in Ted Karras, who is with the Patriots. They are starting a rookie, Cordell Volson, at left guard. And, uh, you know, the issue, though, with all these sacks isn't totally on the offensive line. Burrow has to figure out how to get rid of the football. Uh, he moves around well in the pocket, but just for his own survival, he has got to get rid of the football uh, and not take as many sacks as what he's taking right now. And, you know, look at the game against the Cowboys the other day. If they didn't have all the sacks, they would have been in a better position to win that football game against the Cowboys too. He needs to look at Tom Brady tape. Don't you think like Tom? Exactly. Tom Brady is perfect at that. That's why Brady hardly gets sacked his entire career. The line is not always great for Brady. Don't make mistakes. There's not a ton of talent his entire career on the O-line. He's just really good at realizing the talent that he has on the O-line. And that, in his mind, allows him to know how much time I have to get rid of the football. If he's got a great offensive line, he's got more time back there. If he doesn't, then it's three steps and boom, he's out. And if it's not there, throw the ball away. Escape for the next down. And there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, how about how about Micah Parsons? Uh, going against Lyle Collins. Uh, that that was fun to watch for Cowboys fans on Sunday, right, Bill Jones? Was And uh, do you recall what my matchup of the week was last week? Uh, what'd you I have? Had a couple. I had, I had Trayvon Diggs versus Jamar Chase. Okay? Yeah, you're right. And, and, and Jamar didn't do much against the Cowboys, considering yep. what Jamar Chase is. And the other one was Michael Parsons against Lyle Collins. And that, that, is exactly what Dan Quinn did from play number one through play number 59 for Parsons in the game. He lined up at left defensive end virtually every play for that matchup against Lyle Collins. I'm exaggerating. It wasn't every play, but uh, you could tell that is the game plan. Get Micah on Lyle Collins. They were good friends in their time with the Cowboys, uh, but uh, they knew what they were attacking on that Cincinnati front uh, with 
Yeah, Micah Parsons now, he is the first player in NFL history to have 17 sacks in his first 18 NFL games. Good call by you, Bill Jones, for your uh, matchup last week. And I believe you also called Micah Parsons as uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and that looks pretty strong as well. He's on He's on track with four sacks through two games so far. Okay, and now my other pressure, pressure's on. I'm laughing because before we started this podcast, you said, you know what, the matchup, the pressure's on that I would, I was going to suggest to you would be Josh McDaniels versus Ryan Tannehill. Well, yep. I'm going a little different there, but it is Josh McDaniels and the 0-2 Raiders playing at Mike Vrabel and the 0-2 Titans. Not that the pressure's on Mike Vrabel because he's coming off a couple of division championship seasons and uh, even two years ago against Kansas City, uh, he made it to the AFC championship game, but they got some trouble going on in Tennessee. Uh, right now, but I, I, I just think it, it it could also be a favorite matchup of the week. Although I wasn't going to put two zero and two teams as my favorite matchup of the week, so I'll go pressures on McDaniel's and Vrabel because of their history together in New England. And of course, Vrabel played for the Patriots from I think he was there from oh one through oh eight. Well, that is when Josh McDaniel's got his start with the Patriots, going back I think to about the oh two season. And, of course, he was there through 09 and then got the uh, head coaching job with the Broncos for a couple of uh, years that were failed years as a head coach. Then after a year with the Rams, goes back and uh, was successful once again with the Patriots. And now he gets a head coaching opportunity again in Vegas and off to this 0-2 start. And coming off of a game against the Arizona Cardinals, a game that they had in hand and Kyler Murray worked his magic. They also had it in a hand when Max Crosby had Kyler Murray sacked on the last play of the game, basically. Yep. Uh, and somehow Murray escaped and uh, on the two-point conversion, fired a missile to the back of the end zone to A.J. Green to force overtime. And then the Raiders are sitting there. They get the ball down in overtime where all they need is they're in field goal range. And Hunter Renfro takes a lick and fumbles the football away, and Byron Murphy scoops and scores 59 yards for the game-winning touchdown for the Cardinals. And so they're coming off that, and the Titans are coming off a Monday night massacre at uh, Buffalo. And the Titans in week one had a game one, essentially, against the Giants, or at least it was going to overtime. And then Brian Dable decides to go for two, and Barkley finds the end zone, and they lose that game to the Giants. And so... Uh, I think the pressure's on in, in Nashville and in Vegas, and a lot of it has to do with the fact, what was the percentage on if you go 0-3, 2.4% of the time you make the playoffs? 2.6, Bill Jones. 2.6. And, and both of those teams thought they were going to the playoffs. Obviously, the Titans were one of the best teams in the AFC last year without Derrick Henry for a majority of it. And the Raiders loaded up, as we all know, this offseason. They didn't do that to miss the playoffs after last year. They actually got into the playoffs. So there were expectations were really high for both of those teams. You, you saw Devontae Adams' numbers uh, against Arizona, didn't you? I did. Yep. Two catches, 12 yards. Yep. Well, that's yep. going to happen. I mean, that's going to happen, especially after he went huge in week one. And so then all the focus for the opposing defense the next week is let's slow, slow down Devontae. 
And now it'll come back and he'll probably go for a hundred here in week three is my guess. All right. Uh, that does it for this edition. Enjoy your week three of NFL action. And we will see you again next week here on Jonesing for football. Thank you.